March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, one year ago, our clean little pool sheets were ripped from our hands and torn to pieces by COVID. Well, guess what? The big dance is back. A very special guest today, my college roommate and student newspaper sports editor, Scott Lawrence. UCSB, the Harvard of the West, is dancing. All that, plus it's the easiest thing ever. Stop bitching, people. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Monday, March 15, 2021. Thank you for downloading. The NCAA tournament field is set. And it's a sharp-looking field. It's got a lot of interesting storylines. Some Cinderella's in there. Some big boys were left home. Some good basketball is going to be played in Indy over the next 19 days. Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, your four number one seeds. Virginia and Kansas are the COVID wild cards. News and, and information sort of starting to dribble out about what's going on with those teams. Both of them expecting to play in the tournament, which begins on Friday. Now, there'll be the Thursday appetizer, which is the first four. And oh, by the way, putting Michigan State and UCLA at the Thanksgiving Day card table at your grandma's house. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my God. They're in the first four. They have to play one of those. They're at the card table. Put them at the big table with the adults. That's Michigan State and UCLA. Fuck them. You had a bad year. You probably shouldn't be in either one of you. Guess what? Sit at the card table and like it. I think it's great. And it gives us a good game to watch and bet on on Thursday. So Thursday is the appetizer, first four, and then we go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Following weekend, we go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, then the final four, and then we're done. And let's hope there's no COVID wrinkles. And we put the hay in the barn, the money in the bank, and call it a season and say, you know what? We got it done. And thank God they got it done. And kudos to the players, the student athletes, which I know people mock. The student athletes, although that's what they are. They're students. Don't call them that. They're professionals. Not really. The student athletes and the coaches and the programs dug in and isolated and went through all the protocols. They got their noses, they got their brains tickled more times than anybody would want getting tested. And they got us to this point. So we all say, as sports fans, thank you for that. Rick Patino and Patrick Ewing are back. How about that? Patino now in the tournament with his fifth team. 
And the guy he coached with the Knicks, big man Patrick Ewing, in with the Hoyas. Georgetown went on a hell of a run in the Big East tournament to get in the big dance. And they were just, Georgetown was listless at 5-10 and 10, uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago. And now they're in the tournament at good for big Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing had a bad go with COVID earlier in the summer, I want to say. I remember when they reported he was in the hospital, had to get some uh, extra treatment for that. So that was a great story. And Patino is as slimy as it gets. And he was bragging about how I was really having fun coaching European basketball teams. And then here comes Iona. And they made me an offer I could not refuse. Okay, then. But I'll say this, big COVID shutdown for them. And he's got them playing good basketball. First year. I mean, you're talking about a guy, It's he can't say, well, he just recruits and he hires hookers for, you know, his recruits or his assistants do. And then he goes, huh, I had no idea that was going on. First year. And the guy can coach. He's slim, slimy. Sli- slimy? <laughs> I was going to say sleazy and slimy. <laughs> he is the ultimate used car salesman, but he joins a rare club of just three coaches who have ever taken three, five teams to the NCAA tournament. That would be Tubby Smith and Lon Kruger and Rick Pitino. And he's in. And they get Alabama as a potential live 215 upset. Although I say, I say no way. Alabama is my team. Nate Oates is my guy. Nate Oates dunked this year on Coach K in a way that was so awesome when he basically said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to shut down the rest of the uh, non-conference schedule. And he pretty much clowned him for that and said, uh, you know, I can see why it is. He later apologized for it, which, God, I wish he hadn't. But still, the damage was done. Good for Nate Oates, Wisconsin guy who's gone to Alabama and has that program absolutely screaming right now. His team is full of freaks. They shoot threes 40% of the time, usually, which is the game these days. But they dunk half the other time. It's, it's a fun team to watch. So I'm all about Alabama. That's my team. Uh, am I picking them to win it? Yeah, why not? I might as well. Anyone could pick Gonzaga uh, or Baylor. I'm taking Nate Oates in Alabama to win it all. Do I have my bracket filled out right now? No, I don't have my bracket filled out right now. I was just sitting there taking a nap and watching back and forth, flipping, 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 flipping between the uh, college, the CBS Sports version of their bracketology, which was pretty good, and then the ESPN one, which was very good. You know, ESPN, when they really just stick to sports... They can still be really good. Even the oftentimes insufferable Jay Billis. They were good. Producers were good. Show was good. And I'm just pretty much sitting downstairs in the basement, flipping between the two shows as the selections came out. And I, I did take a nap. I don't know why. I just was like, oh, I'm getting kind of sleepy here. My uh, home theater was getting a, a touch warm because I didn't open the doors to ventilate. That's a whole different story. By the way, if you make a home theater, Jesus, get somebody who knows ventilation to make sure it's going to be properly ventilated with a lot of equipment in there, projectors, TV screens, receivers, et cetera, et cetera. That's the one huge mistake I made with the old five-hour energy dome. But yeah, uh, I'll take Alabama. I've not filled out my bracket fully yet. I will do that by tomorrow morning. Speaking of tomorrow morning, I can't wait to talk to my boys, Getter and Josh, because we have the 97.3 The Game morning show trifecta. What's that? UCSB, Wichita State, which is Josh, 
and Wisconsin get her are all in the tournament. I don't know if this is ever going to happen again because for my school, UCSB, and you're going to hear from my college roommate and buddy and colleague at the student newspaper in a second here, now we make the tournament once every 10 years. And Wichita State was rolling for a while under Greg Marshall, then he lost his mind, and they just kind of slipped in this time. They're, they too are at the card table on Thursday, but still. And of course, Wisconsin was trending the wrong way. Uh, they get in as a nine, and there's no favors done because they get a, a good team that's hot, in, or a, I should say an underachieving team that got kind of hot in the ACC tournament in North Carolina, an institutional powerhouse, and then the winner of that gets Baylor. So thanks for nothing. Hey, at least you're in the tournament. There is one thing yesterday that I noticed. Oh, and by the way, Kentucky and Duke are out. And University of Hartford and Grand Canyon are in. Get out of here. Yep. University of Hartford and Grand Canyon. I hear Grand Canyon is fantastic. Which, uh, as you know, Arizona. Wonderful. Is it Grand Canyon? See, now I need to look it up. Ah, God damn, why didn't I do this before the podcast? See, I'm just riffing. And I thought I could get away with it. And now I'm getting burned. Grand Canyon University. And I'm guessing it's in Colorado. No. No, it's in Phoenix. There you go. There you go. Right there. Look at that. I should go visit it. Maybe I can talk my daughter into transferring from uh, (laughs) Christopher Newport to Grand Canyon University. Got a good basketball team there, sweetheart. You might like it. Plus, it's uh, it's in Arizona. Uh, Average annual cost, $32,100 before age. After age age 21,000. Okay. Okay. I think that's a bit of a discount from what I'm paying right now. Anyway. So, yeah, they're in. Duke and Kentucky are out. A couple other Blue Bloods kind of slipped in. It looked like UCLA might not make it at one point. They did. Looked like North Carolina might not make it, but they did. And so here we go. Here we go. Looking forward to it. Joe Lenardi, by the way. Okay, where was I? Sorry, I took a a second loop back there looking at my notes. Uh, Yeah, you know what was great about Selection Sunday? Something I noticed only after all of the post- bracket announcement was done. And I was like, what did it, what did it taste different? What's different about this year? And then I said, aha, uh-huh. I know what it is. The usual teeth gnashing about who was left out or who got seated too low or which conference deserved more teams in than they got was either muted significantly or non-existent, at least to my ears. And I think there's a reason why. Because the total number of games was so jacked up, was so disparate across different programs and conferences, you couldn't dig in your heels with a normal full complement of games and then get really righteous about the net ratings and everything else. Colgate's net rating is in the single digits. And they only played something like 17 games. And they're a 14 seed. I don't have my bracket in front of me, but you know, that's the thing. So there wasn't the usual arguing, the very haughty arguing about this, that, and the other. It was all, in other words, eye test. It was all eye test. It's like, eh, pretty good, put him in. Yeah. Bayheim gets in at Syracuse. Some thought that that was a bit of a reach. It's too bad. 
would have been great to see him left out in his sour puss. But it was pretty much all just eye test, and I kind of kind of loved it. Uh, Joe Lenardi allegedly went 67 of 68. I'm going to give that a big fat, hey, how about that? Yeah, 67 of 68 bids he got. Hey, how about that? Which, again, you're talking about a guy who does nothing but look at the brackets in college basketball starting in November, and then he keeps updating every week, every week, every week, every week, and then he keeps updating every day as the conference tournaments go on. And so the 67 of the 68 teams – really isn't a true 67 of 68 because guess what? You back out all the automatic bids and it's half of that and how much variance is there really going to be? But I know he's got he's got to he's got to thump his chest. Got to toot his own horn who's going to do it for you, right? Aaron Torres, Fox Sports, one of the best college basketball writers, broadcasters out there, dual threat, really loves the game, follows the game well, covers it to the hilt. Tweeted, proof it's a weird year in college basketball. Georgia Tech wins its first ACC tournament since 93, thanks to Virginia getting knocked out in part. Uh, Texas wins its first Big 12 tourney title ever. That I did not know. What the hell? Georgetown wins the Big East as an eight seed, and Oregon State wins their first Pac-12 title ever. What a year. What a sport, man. Amen to that. PFT commenter on Twitter says, congrats to Coach Rick Pitino for making the NCAA tournament. I will not be making a joke about how great it is to see him eliminating a strong seed to secure a birth. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Wow. Google Rick Patino abortion booster Italian restaurant back booth. And that's all you need to know. Pivoting to football for a moment, Aaron Jones has signed with the Packers. Hallelujah. This is truly Christmas in March. Many of us thought he was as good as gone. But there it is, four years, $48 million. Still haven't read or seen the particulars of how much is guaranteed, what are the out years, uh, voidable, blah, blah, don't care. Love Aaron Jones. He was with us on the radio every week this past year. And more importantly, I love what he does with the football in his hands. This is great. That said, I must now point out it makes the A.J. Dillon pick even more stupid. Why? Sure, you need depth at running back. Sure, you need somebody for the future. But that pick was made under the assumption of, hey, you know, these guys are going to be due for contracts. You're not going to keep them all. Can't keep them all. Probably shouldn't give running back second deals. Well, guess what? It makes it less defensible now a second round pick now Jamal Williams is a free agent I'm going to assume he's gone so I guess Dylan's now the true number two but I mean you can get by with fifth sixth rounders with guys who are you know scrap heap guys who've knocked around the league you don't have to spend a second round pick on RB2 who's going to be RB2 assuming Jones is healthy for another two years I mean we're looking at three years of a second round pick not being the featured back for the Packers and that to me is not an optimal use of your draft picks. Drew Brees officially retired on Sunday night. Thought he might change his mind. I said that last week. I was like, you know, he hadn't retired yet, which is kind of weird. But he does officially hang him up. It'll be Taysom Hill and who knows what because Jameis, old the crab leg kid, is a free agent. So his he's probably going to go elsewhere and I guess it's the Taysom Hill show next year for the, for the Saints. 
Could be awesome, could be ugly. I'm leaning towards ugly. Drew Brees retires as the all-time leader in yards and completions. And second in touchdowns, he was trading it back and forth with Brady. Brady's going to eclipse him, uh, or is going to stay ahead of him forever now in touchdowns and might catch him, I haven't looked at the totals, in yards and completions. It doesn't really matter. Drew Brees retires after single-handedly lifting an NFL city and an NFL franchise from being the consummate backwater Terrible football-playing joke. The Aints lifted them to perennial contender, an exciting team to watch, and did it with a perseverance and a willingness and a leadership that was unmatched. I'd say build a statue of the guy, but, well, we know what happens to statues of white men in this country, so probably, I don't know, maybe. And, of course, all the news outlets had to make a point of saying hey, there was some controversy this year over the anthem and kneeling. But pretty much Drew Brees took the took the L on that one and retreated as fast as he could. Now he retires. Hell of a football player. Marvin Hagler dies at 66 unexpectedly. Early tweet from Tommy Hearns, I believe, the man who joined him in the ring for one of the greatest single opening rounds in boxing history, said it was shortly after vaccination for COVID. This has echoes of Hank Aaron, who was otherwise seemingly healthy, got the vaccine, died shortly thereafter, I think within a week. Now look, I'm not saying they did. I don't even know the details. We don't know nothing about nothing. But at least that was out there in the bloodstream. We'll see if anything more comes of it. Haven't heard anything more from Hank Aaron on that front. So, you know, I'm not going to be a guy that draws these direct comparisons. But if it turns out that Hagler did get vaccinated and he did die relatively unexpectedly within a week, that's similar to Hank Aaron. Of course, none of us know when it's our time. We don't know when the Grim Reaper is going to say, tap, tap, it's time to go. Speaking of vaccines, I saw where several members of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans have received their first dose of the vaccine. Good for them if they think that's what they want to do and they feel uh, necessary. Not all the uh, Pelicans did it, but it's an important, 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 it's an important milestone in the entire um, sort of COVID arc here as we come up on three days from 15 days to slow the spread. That's, by the way, three days from now. It was, I think, on the 18th that the government said, oh, yeah, just give us 15 days. Coming up on a year now. It's important because now young, healthy athletes are able to get the vaccine. We're soon going to be swimming in the vaccine. And I think the whole thing, hopefully, a year later, is going to unravel quickly. Justin Thomas wins the TPC, or Players Championship. Poor Lee Westwood came up just short again. But I had a thought as I watched his lovely fiance Helen Story walk around carrying his bag. They pointed out on the broadcast that she doesn't really help him with anything. Doesn't make any reads. Doesn't uh, pick any yardages for him. All the other players have caddies who are like really into it and they've got all the numbers and they've been looping for years and they know the courses and they know the breaks. And Lee West is like, nah, she's my girlfriend. She's working for cheap. We're going to get married. And uh, I already know what I'm doing. I, I can make reads myself. I can look at a yardage book myself. And that's what he does. It gets me to thinking just how overrated are 
caddies today on the PGA Tour. They are more celebrated than ever by broadcasters and certainly guys like Greller, uh, who are into it with Spieth all the time, they get promoted to the moon, but aren't they a little bit overrated that here's Lee Westwood at 47, able to have his girlfriend on the bag and come damn near close to winning back-to-back times in two of the strongest fields on the PGA Tour? Just saying. There was a shot of uh, Helen lugging the bag from the 18th green over to the scoring tent and then over to the range after the round. And I think one of the announcers said, come on, Lee, don't you think you could at least take the bag from your fiance and carry it? And I laughed. I was like, oh, careful. Could get canceled. That could be perceived as sexist somehow or overly chauvinistic, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I just know this. You can get canceled for anything these days. My first thought was, no, she should carry the bag. She's to, she wants to, the job is whatever she's getting paid. Maybe, well, again, this will be sexist. New curtains, new cabinets. I don't know. <laughs> what does a woman want who's getting married to the love of her life on a beautiful mulligan romance? Bitcoin, maybe. Who knows? She took the job. The job is carry the bag. Keep up, shut up. Show up, keep up, shut up. I think that's the three words of caddy. So the job is the round's over and no, the player's going to walk without the bag all the way to the scorer's tent to the range of necessary and then to the trunk of their courtesy car and you're carrying the bag the whole way. So no, he shouldn't take the bag off her back. She can handle it. She's fit. She's small, but she's fit. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, time for the MyBookie gut hunch, gut punch of the day. We're going to, mm, to your man. Every day I'm just going to throw out a gut hunch of a play. Nothing scientific, not reams of data, just a gut hunch. I've got the Knicks plus seven and a half tonight against the Nets on the road. Why? Patrick Ewing. The former Knicks great makes the tournament as head coach of Georgetown. A little bit of Patrick magic wears off on his former team in the NBA, the New York Knicks. They cover tonight against the Nets. Book it. That is my gut hunch, gut punch of the day. And as you know, there's plenty of places you can get action these days online. Your state may have just legalized it. Well, whoopity do. Check out the restrictions on your state. Oh, you got to be here. GPS this, restriction that. And my bookie, they don't have all that. They've been in this game long time before these Johnny come lately. So go with your gut, bet with your head, not over as Furio says, have some fun, get some sweet action, as we like to say. <laughs> some sweet action. Open an account today at mybookie.ag. Promo code ZABE 
for bonuses on sign up and let them know you heard it here. You bet, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. The official book of the Zabecast. All right, our next guest on the Zabecast here is a very special guest. He is a dude that used to be, I mean, still is. I don't want to say he's not. It's complicated, but he and I lived together, worked together, and hung out together, and were best friends in college and beyond for a little bit. He even lived with me when I was living at home on the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, and actually lived for a couple months after I had moved out with my mom and dad. And he was dating a girl that went to my high school. And then somewhere like 20 some odd years ago, we just sort of, you know, drifted apart. And it wasn't, and there's no big blow up. Or if there was, I don't remember it. I didn't harbor it. It was just sort of like, okay, dude, you're going to go do your thing. I'm going to go do my thing. And, you know, guy gazunt, go with God. But the internet has a funny way of bringing people back together. So without further ado, we say hello to Scott Lawrence, the former sports editor at the Daily Nexus newspaper where he and I wrote, as well as the San Nicolas Storm Ultimate Frisbee Champion 1986, now turned commercial real estate developer living in Charlotte, North Carolina, who had to blow up my phone last night because guess who's in the tournament? Mr. Lawrence, the Gauchos, once again. (laughs) What's up? What is up, Zay? Yeah, but that you made the good point. I mean, for the, there was a while where my whole life was Steve Zabin. I had Steve Zabin. I had the Steve Zabin family. I had the uh, the house uh, on Stirrup Cup Lane and you know the mean streets of McLean. I was all I was all Steve Zabin all the time. You're the only guy besides my brother and my sister that got the full Jim and Kathy Zabin yes. experience. You were I like you're like the fifth Zabin, like the fifth I, Beatle. <laughs> I did. I, I was uh, I was led into the world of. Uh, mom's enchiladas and oh, uh yeah man yeah. i remember that and the, the the crab feast in the back and uh walking in and your dad's taking a nap on the lazy boy i was i was all about i was i was inner circle i was inner circle it's great to hear from you again and i appreciate you reaching out i appreciate Absolutely. the fact that you listen to my nonsense now on podcasts <laughs> and you're always you're texting me like what about this guy what about him? I'm like shit lawrence you don't need to listen to my bullshit you heard it all in college <laughs> it's all the same stuff it's just warmed over after all these years so That's scott right. and That's i you were the sports editor at the Daily Nexus from what year to what year? I was a sports editor at the Daily Nexus from, oh boy, you're going to make me test my knowledge here. So 87? Went, yeah, went into 86. I think it was 88, 89. There was a two-year period in there. I think around 88, 89, 88, 89, 90, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, during the Brian Shaw years and one year we went to the NC2A tournament when oh, we went yeah. to Cincinnati. Can't remember. I think that was 89. Can't remember. Well, but yeah, there was two I'll, years. I'll fill that in just a second, by the way. So Scott good. and I in college quickly became good friends, worked together at the student newspaper. Uh, Scott's from San Bernardino, San Berdu, yep. a California kid, loves sports, loves golf, the whole schmear, and uh, was a fucking amazing sports editor, uh, was management before it was cool to be management. He had yeah, a good touch right. for, hey, Bro, you got to do it this way because I'd try to cut corners and shit, and he would keep me in line. And the third wheel of it was was our boy Aaron Heifetz, who became yep. the press secretary for the U.S. Women's National Team yep. in soccer, and has traveled yep. the globe with those girls, and has been on some of the most amazing continents and stages and venues. He wrote for the student newspaper as well, and we had a run of a couple years there where we were just nerding out writing sports yep. articles for the paper. Yep, yeah, just seeing how many we could do and writing feature stories, and Aaron would. Uh... 
remember we would live in the sports uh, office for weeks at a time and eat oh, ramen yeah. noodles and <laughs> and uh, I always think about your 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 Palermo's relationship and I think about remember we had that relationship where we had uh, Giovanni's official pizza oh. next to sports and we were getting that free pizza every week until the advertising manager came in and put the kibosh on that. <laughs> oh, you mean at the at the at the newspaper? <laughs> at, at the at the Nexus, yeah. Remember right. we used to put that the right because the pizza place didn't give a shit, right? That's right. They They're like, it's they one did. extra pie we get an ad in the student <laughs> paper. That's a good deal. Exactly. But we, but, but yeah, but the, the student newspaper was an actual student run for profit yep. publication, yep. right? It was a yeah, but the thing the thing about it was we did not have a journalism department at UC Santa Barbara. You Isn't that remember. fucking crazy? Did not have a journalism department, did not have a journal, an official journalism advisor. It was literally a bunch of 19 year olds living under Stork Tower at UC Santa Barbara, putting out a newspaper, you know, editing it ourselves. Five days a week. Five five days a week. week. Yeah, this was not a weekly collegiate, you know, sort of hobby thing. No. This was a daily, we were up till three in the morning, putting the stuff on the flats, taking it to the, uh, the Santa Barbara paper to get it printed. And it was just a bunch of kids. Literally the place looked like a, you know, a frat house. Right. Um, and it was, you know, there was just cups of uh, tobacco spit and coffee cups. And, but easy, as I recall, everywhere. Yeah. as I recall, I got, we got paid $5 an article or 10. Uh, yeah, it was 10. Yeah, that's right. 10 bucks an article for a byline. If you did a byline that had your name at the top, you got 10 bucks. Uh, maybe it was 15. I can't remember if you did like a little six inch sort of cut line that had your name at the bottom, maybe you got five, but yeah, you can make some decent money. And we, well, shit, I wrote, I wrote wrote three or four articles a week. And then between that and a refing intramurals, (laughs) I was fucking rich Lawrence. Yeah, I was so happy and so rich. I'm like, I got an extra couple hundred bucks in my pocket. It was fucking great. And, uh, and, and by the way, the newspaper did produce some other notables, including Matt Welch, who is uh, he? F- he was the editor in chief of Reason magazine. Yeah, uh, yeah, editor in large. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was he was one of the higher ups at Reason magazine, right? And uh, uh, and a Fox News. He he hosted a show on Fox News Channel for a while. Yeah. And the funny thing it was, you know, when Matt was there, he was your you know long haired tie dye. Yep. No shoes, yeah. you know, typical California liberal. He's turned that's, into that's right. a stone cold yeah. libertarian. Yep. Brilliant, by the way. He's a brilliant guy. He's brilliant, brilliant. And brilliant. Uh, yeah. kicking ass. And then uh, and then uh uh Elliot. Um Josh Elliot. Josh Elliott, who got yep. big on ESPN, got that yep. huge deal on ABC News, and yep. then fucked it all up because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants <laughs> and blew up his marriage. I haven't seen him since. Have you on television? Uh- no, but w- no, I just saw him on, when he was doing Good Morning America. They did a little segment on him and his days at UC Santa Barbara, and and uh, they did a tour through the Nexus, and they called him the sports editor, which he never was. And that, jo- that Josh, pissed listening. you <laughs> off. You're like, Josh, the fuck he yeah. was. Like, Josh yeah. was a nice guy, but as, as, as belies his handsome looks, he didn't give a fuck. He was there yeah. just yeah. to – he was in Josh world the whole time, which yeah. made him perfect for television, by the way. That's right. He came in, and, you know, I think we just gave him, like, you know, 10-inch stories to write on whatever sport he was covering and sometimes they were late probably they were late probably they took a little extra editing and you know it was it was what it was it was college so you you took what you can get as an editor but yeah so here is the ultimate tragedy perhaps of where i'm at now in my life and i'll set it up and then i'll shut up and let you fill in the gaps so ucsb played for the big west championship last night and won right yep yep i not only didn't know they were playing i didn't care they were playing and even when even when my buddies get 
and Mikey O'Neill texted me from Vegas to show me their UCSB tickets, I didn't even bother to go try to watch. <laughs> I told them, you're wasting their money. They're terrible. Now, there's a yep, reason yep. why that I did this. And by the way, this is a huge tragedy given that nothing in my world matters as much as the Gaucho basketball yeah. team from back yeah. when you and I were in college. We lived sure. it. We loved it. We couldn't get enough of it, right? Right, exactly. The, here's what happened. One year when they made the – the last time they made the tournament 10 years ago and they went to the sub-regional in Milwaukee, they played mm-hmm. Ohio State. They got turned inside out like a dirty yeah. fucking sock. <laughs> yeah. And I was there in person, and I actually saw our longtime SID, Bill Mahoney, who at the oh, time yeah. was still there. I don't know if he's still the SID. Yeah. Is he? Uh, I, don't, I have no clue. I, I have no clue. I'll just say real quick, I, have, I am so out of touch with UCSB. They send me – Alumni postcards oh. wanting money oh, literally yeah. they, twice a week. They, and yes! they never they they go right into the recycling, right in the right in the trash can. Right, exactly. I'm like, you put me in your hall of fame, then we can fucking talk. <laughs> I'm in right. I'm in zero halls of fame. I guess I haven't That's done right. enough for you. So how about a little That's something right. if you want my money? So anyway, they, they got just destroyed and I just I watched it up close and I was just I felt like, you know what? We're so small time. Maybe yeah. it was different back when UCSB was beating UNLV, the last yeah. team to beat the Rebels before they went on yeah. a year and a half tear yeah. through everyone in college right. basketball. That's I feel right. like the gap has widened, right? Because we were not even competitive. It was a joke. I was embarrassed for my alma mater. So yeah. since then, I don't think I've given two shits about UCSB, yeah. and that's terrible. Yep. That's bad yep. of me, Lawrence, as an alum. Now no, talk I'm to with- me. I'm I'm with you the same way. I mean, year so there's a guy I worked at the newspaper with. His name is Todd Francis, one of the artists at the Nexus. He and I have been texting probably weekly since you know we graduated. So you know, thirty probably twenty eight some odd years, whatever it's been. So he and I keep in touch. We keep in touch with California sports, the Angels, the Lakers, blah blah blah. And I only know what the Gauchos are doing because he keeps in touch with it and he texts me. You know, Gauchos are doing this. Gauchos suck this year. Gauchos this. So probably five days ago, he sends me a text saying. Oh, the Gauchos are whatever winning streak they had. The Gauchos are doing really well this year. They've got the player of the year. I was like, oh, really? Okay. So fair weather, you know, fan and alumni that I am, I started looking into them. I'm like, okay. And they win the first round of the uh, Big West tournament. And then they play in the semifinals. So I'm like, well, let me, let me go check it out. So it's on ESPN three. I've got to download the ESPN app on my uh, smartphone, my smart TV. ESPN I watch it. Three. Yeah. ESPN three, which Jesus. I didn't get, but I had it. I, have, I had to download it. So I, Here, I got it. Quick, pa- quick pause it. for, and then you can continue ESPN three. We <laughs> used to be the featured game on big Monday. That's right. On ESPN that's right. fucking one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now this is where we're that's relegated. Right. ESPN three. All right, right. Continue. After, yeah. After they changed the name from the Pacific coast athletic association to the big West, I think that was in 91 or 92. That's right. We were on big Monday. That's right. So, um, so I didn't know anything, but my friend Todd told me that they were playing. I watched them. Um, and they looked great. They, they, they looked like better than the gouches of old when we had Eric MacArthur and guys hitting, you know, hitting Jays from three points and, you know, moving the ball. And they looked absolutely fantastic. Very well coached, moved well on defense. I'm like, well, this is looking pretty good. So they won their semifinal game and then they line up this sort of rematch with the Irvine Anteaters last night after Irvine had beat them twice during the season, which I didn't know about until Todd told me. So he, <laughs> he's my, he's my source of info for everything gauchos. Um, and so I'm like, I've got to watch this. In fact, I, I was even thinking, where can I put some money on this damn game? Because I saw the Gauchos were minus three. And I'm like, oh, this is just tailor-made. I go, Gauchos are going to lose again, or they're going to 
you know, win and not cover. I go, this is just too good. So you're going to so, bet against our alma gonna, mater. Well, you know, I was, and that way I win either way. I pick up a couple, couple <laughs> ha- points, happiness you know, couple edge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or uh, my team will go to the tournament. So couldn't get a bet in, but I watched it. And boy, I tell you, the first half was just classic gouchers. They pull uh, get a five point lead, give up a three pointer, turn it over. And I'm like, this is just going, I, I know where this is going. I'm thinking I might've even flipped away. And then when I came back, they're up by like 12 or 13. Just in like five minutes, I was like, okay, okay. So I started watching it. And I tell you, damn, if they didn't just put it all together and just, you know, start playing defense, start, you know, getting some offensive rebounds. And they put together a good game and finished strong. So anyway, so they beat the, they beat the Anators, I mean, handedly. I don't remember what the final score was, but it was a good, you know, 14 or so points. Um, and now, now they're going to they're gonna go into the tournament in, in a year when it seems pretty wide open because there's a bunch of no-names who won their – yeah, you know, Wide, won their conference tournaments, and who knows? Wide open, but still, we're going to be what a oh. 15 seed. I um, at worst, I would think at worst we'd be a 15. Yeah. What do you think we'd be as high as a 13? Well, I think you know Irvine was it last year. Irvine was a 13 last year, and they won. They beat four last year, and then got killed in the second round. So I don't know. You know, right. know, just depends. Just depends on who wins their tournaments. And there were a lot of names I never saw before. You know, is this guy from the Miac and stuff. Is this guy Williams still the head coach? Uh, Pasternak, I think, you know, that the, the, the Josh Pasternak the I, is head coach of UCSB now, you know, you know, that at the South. Cause I don't even, I don't even know. I watched two games. I don't even know who that damn head coach is. <laughs> I, th- I heard the name Pasternak and they showed him on the TV. Yeah, Joe, oh no, Joe, mask. Joe Pasternak. Yeah. Joe Pasternak. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, so, Bob um, Williams was the other guy that was that's at, right. Right. He and, was, yeah, he was post Jerry Pym and yeah, that's right. Okay. So so I want to talk, by the way, was this game last night at home at UCSB? It, no, it was in the, the semifinals and the finals were in Vegas. Oh, right. The semifinals were at Mandalay Bay and the one last night was somewhere else. I can even, I mean, and it was, it was funny because there was nobody in the stands and they would even have the, uh, you could even see where the, the floor stopped. It wasn't even like a baseball scene that you could tell they just assembled the floor because over to the side, there was like a, you know, a, a five inch high sort of cliff where the, the, the floor just ended in right. know, press chairs and whatever. It was real, it was real, <laughs> it was a real makeshift. There was no, I think I saw one, there was one guy in the stands that you could see from where the camera was. Um, but it, what's funny about it is these games where there's nobody in the stands, it doesn't seem like the players really even, I mean, I'm sure it matters to them, but they play just as hard. It seems like whether there's fans in the stands or not, but no, there was nobody in the stands. So it's not ni- even, not even cardboard cutouts. It's 1987. We're sophomores, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the basketball program is starting to get going. Jerry Pym's got yeah. some hot recruits. Ben Howland, who you yep, may know ben from Howland. UCLA, having gone to the Final yep. Four back-to-back years, yep. and he ran into Yannick Noah and Al Horford twice, which yep. kind of sucks. And so that yep. kind of sent his career off on a bad word, downward spiral. But still, yep. so they were getting it going, and they had a really good team that year. And they had a guy by the name of uh, Eric MacArthur who went on to get a yep. cup of coffee with the Celtics, then yep. played internationally. Uh, Eric was a six-six spring bean who could jump out of the gym and had these long-ass go-go gadget yeah. arms. His arms were also six-six. Yes, exactly. He basically he almost led the nation in rebounding. Yep. At six-six because he had such great instincts he, and long he, arms and live legs. That's right. That's right. He did for a while. I think he, for a while he was leading the the nation in rebounding and you know didn't finish that way. But yeah, for a while he was getting some national notoriety. Absolutely. And 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 he had this nickname on the team called the Freeze. The Freeze. So you, as sports editor, sent me out as young cub reporter to go do a feature <laughs> on MacArthur. 
And I yeah. sat down with him. I talked to him and I talked to some of his players and team and blah, blah, blah. And I heard about the nickname, the freeze. And I said, Hey, why don't I, I worked with our photo editor. I said, like, why don't we go find like a freezer somewhere <laughs> on campus and take a picture of him holding some basketballs and with some glasses on yeah. it. It yeah. was kind of cool, whatever. But yeah. so in the story, I had a throwaway line that was probably four or five graphs in about how wild the student events center, yeah. or, yep. which was 6,000 bleacher seats 6, that 000, yep. pulled out. Literally, that's the kind of facility it was. <laughs> Just a big yep. cross of a thing, totally unsophisticated, very small yep. time, but it was it was selling out. It was getting loud as shit. We were on ESPN as the third game yep. of Big Monday. Uh, yep. We had developed this tradition of throwing tortillas onto the court after yep. the first basket, which, of course, yep. drew a technical. But it was becoming a bit of a thing. And in the yep. story, as you remember, Scott, I had a throwaway line about – it's no surprise that the event center has become the league's Thunderdome as yep. the Gauchos are routinely packing him in and playing great basketball. Just yes. like that. Just a throwaway yeah. line. Yep. You, as the sports editor, saw that and go, ooh, that's a good one there. And then you splashed it up in the headline. Yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah, it people, quickly people. it took off. It quickly took off. They're talking about it on ESPN. Yep. Well, yep. lo and behold, when it came time for the local paper in town, the Santa Barbara News Press, to write yep. the article on the nickname, who took credit for the nickname? Do you remember his name? Bill Mahoney took credit for uh, it, the SID. <laughs> but do you remember the do you remember the writer at the news press who worked in conjunction with Bill Mahoney to to swipe that name? That Mark, do you remember? Mark Patton. Mark Patton. Nice guy, but your prototypical small market news writer schlub. Sports writer schlub. Nice fella. But but it was a shameless ripoff, and you and I were fucking pissed. We were were pissed. Not that there was any money in it or any royalties, but it's like, hey, fuck you guys. Really? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, and you're being humble because you 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 came up with the name. All I did was, you know, write a headline and hype it up in the stories, but no, you came up with it. And um, so people should know that. And to this day, they call it the Thunderdome. And boy, and ESPN, um, I don't know if they ever gave Bill Mahoney credit, but they they definitely love that that branding. And the thing about the event center that ESPN loved was it was it was not a lot of seats for a pretty big arena, but it was so loud. It right. looked so good on TV, and it was such a nice building anyway. Um, and it was so close knit. Like if you were sitting in the front, you know, it wasn't even they weren't even seats. They were just no literally seats. bleachers. It was benches, were, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, benches, benches. Yeah. If you were in the front seat in the very first bench, you were maybe four and a half feet from the floor. Oh yeah. And so the play and you and you remember when we were playing UNLV and just you know lighting up when we had Brian Shaw and they were hitting three four hundred. I mean, it would, it would get so loud oh. you could not even hear yourself think on press row. It was amazing. It was great. And, and the and, irony and, is, a, it's not a dome; it's a square a box building. <laughs> B, B, there's no thunder in California. It doesn't get humid <laughs> enough for thunder. That's so right. it sort of made no sense. But man, those That's were right. great times. I'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, 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 Loyola Marymount came to our place, came to the Thunderdome yep. to play us yep. at the peak of Hank Gathers, right. Bo Kimball, right. Paul Westhead, the whole thing. That's right. That's and they right. played that up and down shit. I think it was like 156 to 155 yeah. when it was all said yeah. and done. But yeah. the Gauchos won. Yep. And I was running around like a fucking fool afterwards, oh like gosh. some Yahoo fan. And you had to tell me, hey, bro, you've got a press, <laughs> press credential on 
you need to act more professional. And you know what, Scott? You were fucking right. I needed to yeah. hear that. But I was just yeah. a complete Yahoo. I took myself a little seriously in college. I thought I was a journalist, a sports journalist. And looking back, it's like, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? Well, speaking um, of sports but, journalism, you know, the biggest story that we broke that caused a lot of headaches was when uh, one of John Peterson's fraternity brothers got the specially marked half the specially marked program to be in the halftime ten thousand yep. dollar shot contest. Yep. yep. So here's what happened. So there was this guy that was in the fraternity with another buddy of mine, my other roommate, John Peterson, who's now the head coach at Ohlone College Junior College. <laughs> Shout out to Ohlone College up there in Northern Bay Area if you're listening. <laughs> And I knew that this guy, this guy Darren, I think his name was, that was on their fraternity team was a really good player. Well, not good enough to be a Division I player, but probably could have played D2 or D3s. Good player. He's a ringer, right? And they had this contest where if you hit a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot in 30 seconds, you got like $10,000, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you had to first be random, randomly selected by having a program with a star on one certain page, right? Well, I had gotten it from Peterson. He's like, watch this. We're going to get our boy Darren, one of those stars, and tonight he's got a shot at doing it. Sure enough, he gets the program, he gets out there, and as luck would have it, bing, bang, boom. Three for three, 10 grand. Now, I'm sitting on this information, and I bring it to you. And I'm like, hey, this was an inside job. And so we start raising questions. The whole athletic department has fucking got their pants up their ass, right? Remember that (laughs) whole deal? They're like, can you prove this? And blah, 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 blah. And and now, you know, Johnny is mad at me for fucking leaking this shit. And I'm like, hey, man, big J journalist, what can I do? Yep. Maybe your guy shouldn't have hit that half quarter. This would have been a non-story. Yep, that's right. But yeah, no, I remember talking about that. It was just a matter of, you know, we couldn't get anybody going on the record saying that this was the case. I mean, you know, what what are you going to do? So just, there were a bunch of stories like that that we kind of knew, you know. um, And we never ran it. We never never ran it because we couldn't back it it up. And I think think the guy got his money anyway. Of course, you know, that shit's all insured anyway. It's all insured. Yeah, in fact, fact, I remember looking into that. Yeah, I remember trying to find out what the insurance premium was. So the athletic department didn't care because they were paying the premium anyway. So they they, they were fine with it. Right. But but, but our relationship with the athletic department as the sports department of the Daily Paper was at times rocky because we didn't fucking kiss their ass. Like UNLV came in a subsequent year after we beat them. And yeah. they fucking thrashed us like a rag doll. Yeah. They like Anderson yeah. Hunt, Greg Anthony, Ackles, uh, Mo Scurry. Yeah. They had like yeah. they had like eleven dunks in the game. And so yeah. you ran a sports <laughs> editor to this huge sports page quad dunk picture graphic. Yeah, <laughs> four <laughs> dunks, and man, were they pissed at that? Like, hey, hey why you got to run that? And I'm like, well, right. well it fucking happened. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean, why yeah. you got to run that? Yep. And then, like I said, you know. It, the re- everybody, every all these nineteen-year-olds that worked at the paper, they were just all you know Hunter S. Thompson types. They just wanted to be journalists, and they weren't they weren't interested in being the uh, the mouthpiece of the administration or the PR arm of the athletic yeah. department. So we were, and, and granted, in hindsight, you know, going back thirty years of hindsight, we definitely overcompensated. When I when I think back to some of the you leads so? I wrote in some of the, oh yeah, 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 there there are some leads I wrote in some of these articles where it was just like completely negative to the point where players would come up to me and, and be like, what the heck did you just write? You know, like, <laughs> you know, when I think about what I wrote, just complete editorializing and, and, and what people don't understand, it's like, yeah, it was editorializing. But at the end of the day, I was a student and a fan 
and I was just mad. So if the, if the basketball team lost, I was upset and I just had an outlet. I had a channel where I could voice that frustration by writing a, a you know, a, a, pissing a an article about, piece. Uh, yeah, a hatchet piece about how upset I was. And, um, but, oh, yeah, but you know, what it, you, know, you know what it was, a, it was an artifact of it's because yeah. we were young and this was our yeah. whole, whole world. This is all That's we right. cared about. We didn't have That's families, right. didn't have kids. There was going right. to be no life perspective. It's like they've lost three games in a row, including to Pacific. This is fucking That's right. bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, people don't understand. You know, when you're, when you're doing this journalism thing, you know, and like I said, when you're putting out a daily paper, we were literally, the editors anyway, we were in that office. Uh, we would go out of the office to go to class, come back, go to class, yeah. maybe go to class. Hang out But for the, the most part, we were in that damn office for 18 hours a day. 18 hours a day. You know, and so you, you But you it was a clubhouse. Seriously. It wasn't like it was we were house. sitting there grinding. We were we were doing our work, but we were also doing hanging out. I mean, exactly. it, was, it, was, it was in effect a nerd fraternity. It was. But it was a it fraternity was, with was. girls as well, and there was a few, yep. cute, few, a few cute, cute girls at the paper. Yeah, but the but the bad thing was they gave the sports, you know, the sports desk its own office, so we would just go in there and, <laughs> you know, eat free, eat free eat free pizza and maybe drink beer, and we had our own exit to the uh, U University Center, so we would just take that, and nobody ever saw us, and we would just open the door every once in a while and hurl no, we opened, at we the opened, desk. <laughs> we opened the window, the window yeah, slid window. open, so we could hop window. out the That's window. Right. And, right. and if you Google, if you do a Google Maps on UC Santa Barbara, Harvard of the West, ding, 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 yeah, right. that's, that's um, right. it, you'll see Stork Plaza, named after some guy named Stork with an E, huge <laughs> concrete square tower, bell tower, huge concrete sort of gathering area that was mostly empty most of the time, but it was a great place yeah. to play Frisbee. That's right. Fucking great right. place to play Frisbee. Oh. Southern California life could not have been yeah. any fucking better. Yeah, see, and I grew up in Southern California, so I had a taste of that. You grew up in the East Coast, so, you know, that was probably just complete nirvana for you. But but still, I don't know who, I still to this day don't know whose idea it was to put a university on a peninsula jutting out into the Pacific Ocean because it's completely nowhere to be putting anything of, a, oh, no. you know, of educational value. But they did, and it was a complete nirvana for, you know, how, how long was I there? I think I was there for six years. You know, don't quote me, but yeah, f f five years to graduate, and then I worked there for a year. So, uh, why, why have you, so why have you and I shunned? Our alma mater. I I don't know. I I think about this all the time. I don't know. You you live I, on I, the East Coast now. You live in I, North Carolina. By I the way, I love Charlotte. North yeah. Carolina. I would live in Charlotte yeah. now if I could. I lived yeah. there before. But yeah. So you're a California yeah. kid who shunned California. I just sort of I got over it with California because yeah. of all the attendant nonsense and the hyper liberalism. And right now during lockdown, right. I would be losing my fucking mind. That's the right. weather is beautiful. The cost of living is through the roof. The traffic yeah. and the congestion and the real estate is crazy. But the weather, you can't beat it. No, I, I you can't beat it. And I'm like you. I just became a bastion of liberalism. I just couldn't when I started, you know, getting a little bit more aware after college. I just I just couldn't take it anymore. And to the point where one year I think I just hit, I just loaded my car up and took a cross country trip, wanted to see the country. Ended up in your neck of the woods, and uh, and then Stay. I remember you, you even told me you said, "Hey, you got to hang your hat somewhere," because I had no, I had no job, I had nowhere to live, I had nothing. You're like, "Well, why don't you stay here? You got to hang your hat somewhere." And yeah. the rest is history. Stayed, stayed with you. Stayed, uh, stayed on the East Coast and went to, went from Northern Virginia to Raleigh to Charlotte, and I haven't, I haven't left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but back to yeah. back to Santa Barbara. I mean, yep. Scott. I wouldn't trade those days for the world. Oh, God. Not only were they so fun, it was just, it, it did so much formatively That's right. for me and I think for you as well. And That's right. it was the best education you could get. You're right. There was no formal uh, no, journalism department. No journalism. My communications double minor, double major is <laughs> some bullshit called mass communications right. or something like that. It's not even journalism. Right. Wait, right. it's... 
Hold on. No, 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 no. My double major. Hold on. I got it here on the wall. Look at this. Uh, communication and political science is my major. I'm looking at my diploma. Okay. Right on okay. the wall here. And, um, and it was in interpersonal communications. It was not even mass communications. They didn't even offer it, but it didn't matter because the shit that you learn being around other people and just kind of being right. inspired and being creative and right. learning how to do shit. And I mean, you know, we had these photographers that got paid a little bit to take pictures for the student paper, but yeah. they were just out there because they wanted to learn how to do it, you know? Yep. Yep. And and they were going to the games. They were getting the photos delivered. I forget how difficult it was back in 87 to do that, to get them developed and get them to the printer and all this other shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a real operation for the times. I mean, a bunch of nineteen year olds, and and it just so happened. I mean, there were some really smart nineteen year olds that worked at that newspaper. You could learn a lot from that. Had a lot of perspective and a lot of opinions on things, and weren't afraid to voice them. It was, I mean, it was just a uh, a hotbed of just learning. I learned more in that dang you know office, yeah. Blow Stork Tower, than I learned with my and I was an international relations poli poli sci major. I learned more under that that. Uh, at Tower than I did in every class for five years I went there. I mean, it was there was no question. I mean, it set me up for everything. It, it, management and how to deal with people and mm -hmm. multiple deadlines and multiple tasks and all that. I mean, I, to this day, to this day, I still dream about that place. Every once in a while, I will still dream about the Nexus, that I'm in the Nexus, in the sports office, you know, with with with, with the staff doing something to this day. It's just, it, it'll never go away. It's amazing. It's amazing. Do you, do you know what college newspapers are like today I, I have no idea i really haven't I, looked into i have yeah i have um another person uh actually another sports writer well carlina you know carlina i don't know if this will be on the, your thing but yeah carlina i keep in touch with and she used to send me some of the issues that they're putting out now carlina and gower see, carlina gower yeah carlina gower so i keep in touch with her too she's still hot and wait was that yeah, my out loud voice she, no she 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 is actually <laughs> she's actually she's a year older than us Great, yes. great girl. Unbelievable. I love that girl. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, I'll send you. I'll send you pictures. Okay. Anyway, um, but she, uh, she would, she still hangs out there and in, you know, hangs out with the old players. You know, Gary Gray and Eric MacArthur and uh, really. Oh yeah, Lucius Davis. Yeah, she was she was close with them back at Carlson Davenport. She was close with them at the time, and she still is. It's amazing. Where are all those guys? They're all doing various things around the nation. It's funny. Some of them are still in California, and they got they all obviously just have regular jobs. Not a lot of them are even coaching and. She keeps in touch with character hard. I mean, I mean, it's a who's who of you know the gauchos back in the late eighties, early nineties. She knows she knows yeah. them all. Still, she keeps in touch with them. Did but, uh, um, did you now? There's also a, a bunch of uh, writers and editors from the Nexus, a bunch at least three or four that went to Czechoslovakia after yes. graduating to start an English newspaper there. That's right. So there's a there's a paper called Prognosis. I don't know if it's still called Prognosis, but it was the first English speaking newspaper in Czechoslovakia, the, the Czech Republic. After, you know, after the revolution, they, they went there and they ate potatoes and lived in some dank, dark, cold, you know, <laughs> you know started an English newspaper started, started, in Czechoslovakia yep. Yep. with nothing but just grit and hustle, man. Grit it's and hustle. Amazing. It, it, it is amazing. It's amazing. And then even even still after the first, you know, the first wave of five X, you know, next sites went and did that. There was another wave of three or four that went and did that and. You know, they all they all got job. You know, Pat Whalen was a former editor in chief who was part of that group, and he went and um, worked for Radio Free Europe, or I think he still does. Amy Collins is a you know freelance writer for every news you know news agency, CNN, and, right. and all of them. And um, I mean, Laura Pitter and Matt Welch and Wade Daniel. I mean, all of Doug Arianas. I mean, it's really a you know it's a who's who if you're in that world of journalism and you know um, 
you know, too bad. Journalism, too but, bad. Journalism's dead now, right, Scott? Well, yeah, but but it, but it is. Yeah, it's it's funny, right? You know, and it's funny because even after uh, even after UCSB, I worked at a couple of newspapers. I worked at the Las Vegas Sun for a while, and um, and I remember just thinking, this is just going nowhere. They had digital dark rooms. There was, you know, the photos were being edited. Like everything was just going to the internet. I'm like, this this is just going the way of the the you know the dinosaur. And um and so I got out of it and sure enough you know there's maybe what five newspapers left or the, there's going to be five newspapers left one day. The sad thing but, um, is the sad thing is the tools to produce content the digital tools and technology is so amazing it's so yeah. democratized it's so That's cheap right. nowadays. However, the desire to seek actual truth uh, don't get me started has has never it's not been yeah. lower. Never been lower. It's not. It's not about truth. It's about being first, man. Got to be first. And if not you know? first, it's being partisan. Your side, my oh, side, God. that kind of bullshit. So it's yeah. a sad state. But man, those were some good yeah. fucking times. So I guess I've got yeah. to now school myself up on this basketball team of ours. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I guess was it t- when do the when do the is it today tonight? The it come out yeah, tonight in right. an hour. An hour from hour. now. Okay. So okay, I'll, I'll text you when we find out our seed. And yeah. Then, and then I'll go to uh, UCSB.com and see if there's any bookstore shit. I, can <laughs> I suck, yeah. man. I'm the worst okay. alum ever. I have, to, I have to get a foam finger and a big old gaucho hat or something just so, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. And, you know, we'll see what they're ranked. And um, But I mean, I tell you, the, the team is good. I mean, just watching them, granted, I've only seen two games all season. It was the last yeah, two. They're good. Um, but they they're are good. Get, they're, they're definitely going to lose by 30 as a 15 seed. But that's all right. We're in the tournament. They might. Yeah, we're they the might. Tournament. We're in the tournament. All right. all right. Hey, when you're up in D.C. next, give me a holler. I'll invite you I to will. the free hugs and candy van. And if I go down there to Charlotte, I'll say hello to you. All right? You know, you keep, I keep I keep hearing about the free hugs and candy van. I'm, I'm, I'm in, man. Just <laughs> let me know when you're, let me know when you're uh, making the next road trip. I'll be out in the uh, street wing for you. All right, fucker. As we like to say, go Gauchos. All right, man. You bet. Go Gauchos. All right, Steve. <laughs> We'll end on this today. It was Daylight Savings Time spring forward on Saturday night and Sunday morning, or technically Sunday morning at 2 a.m., and it reignited the debate on social media and elsewhere about, we need to get rid of this. So I sent out a tweet, mockingly, in all caps, screaming, Oh my God, what a debacle. I just spent five minutes changing four clocks in my house. I forgot it. I almost forgot it was tonight. My whole Sunday is ruined. I'm so tired. And of course, a few anti-daylight savings time hardos came at me on Twitter. You want to come at me, bro? Come at me. I think I put hashtag shut up, babies. I don't get what people who are so angry about this twice a year ritual. I know there's reasons why they say they don't like it. They'd prefer to have more daylight in the mornings, Uh, which by the way, if we didn't go to daylight savings time, the sun would come up in many parts of the country at 4.45 a.m. in the dead of summer. Ain't nobody need that. Somebody goes, yeah, but I bet they go. My, My point was you can't go out for a cocktail in the hour from 4.45 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., but you sure as fuck can in the summer from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. to take advantage of the glorious late evenings, summer evenings, thanks to daylight savings time. Somebody goes, well, the golf course would be pretty empty at that time. I'm like, no, because dickheads like you are going to be playing at 4.45 a.m. Plus, you'd have to maintain the course. Uh, the mowers and the you know tra- uh, trap breakers have to get out there earlier than you playing. They're going to be up there at 2 a.m. 
No, fuck that noise. Okay, we'll just leave it on daylight savings time and we'll just suck it up in the winter. Okay, we can suck it up, but you know, then the sun is not going to come up until 845, if not almost nine o'clock in some of the more northern big cities of the country. I'd be okay with that, but that would be weird as fuck. Now, there's a lot of studies that say uh, traffic accidents spike after daylight savings time. By the way, I think that's people trying to change their car clock while they are driving. That's my theory on that. Don't do that. Please park and do it calmly and coolly, and you're good to go. Um, I think it makes sense. We have an optimal sort of day, and every year in the dead of winter as we get towards the uh, winter solstice, And when we get to the summer, closer to the summer solstice, we want to tweak the day to center it up. It's like scooching a desk a little bit over and then a little bit back. And it's not fucking hard. I mean, seriously, it's not. It's twice a year. Every news outlet says, hey, it's spring forward. Hey, it's fall back. In the fall, I like holding my extra hour. And I don't use it until I really want to on Sundays. I'm like, (laughs) Technically, says it's 8 a.m. I've already done this, this, and this. It's actually 7 a.m. Yes, I'm cheating time right now. The bottom line is people bitch too much. It's simple. It's not hard. Makes perfectly good sense to me. There's no reason we should be having it dark till 9 a.m. in the winter or sunlight at 4.45 a.m. in the summer just because some people... I can't change my clocks. My kids aren't sleeping properly after this. A, get a get rid of the clocks on your... Uh, just put tape over the clocks on your uh, appliances if you don't want to look at them with the wrong time. And B, get tougher kids, if that's actually a problem. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this week of glorious bracket madness. I will have my full bracket tomorrow on the program. We are going to have a slew of experts, pseudo-experts, and people who know a little bit more than me, a lot more than I do, to try to help you fill out your pool sheet in a responsible and winning manner as we get ready for March Madness, which is gloriously back after we missed it last year. Have a great Monday, and we will see you tomorrow. we got to bring both sides together Like champagne and leather Like birds of a feather We'll fly like rain on a sunny day, like a million dollars that you're giving away, like a slave dog on the freeway, we'll fly. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.